Welcome into the Solar Insights Podcast. My name is Eric Sauer. we got Yousef here, or Sons Film, as you know him on Twitter. How's it going, Yousef? I'm doing great, Eric. How are you? Doing great. I'm glad to have you on here during the uh, off-season to talk about the new Sons squad we got and kind of what's going to happen and what we should look forward to looking at next year. Um, why don't we tell you a little bit about yourself first. Uh, how did you come to uh, be Sons Film on Twitter, Sons Film Room? Yeah, I think um, not many people know who I am or why I even got started with that. Um, I think um, not many people know I'm a college student. I'm 19 years old, so I study data analytics and computer science at ASU, so I have a passion for analytics. I know on Twitter I'm not really for the analytics crowd. I'm more with like the Sun's Twitter people on some of those debates. I know that's that's pretty hotly debated on Twitter is some of the analytics with Booker or whatever. But um, so as far as Suns Film Room, I think after my freshman year at ASU, I just decided to find a way to start studying more film. And then I just started breaking it down. And before I knew it, I started just studying, studying, studying. So what I would say to a lot of people is, you know, I started not knowing anything, and then probably within a year, now I'm able to have full conversations with NBA head coaches, GMs, execs, um, assistant coaches, trainers. So I think you just have to kind of have a passion for it, and the, the rest just happens for you. Yeah, pretty much if you have the passion, the hard work, and really understand how to network, things really happen pretty fast for you. Um, so tell me a little bit kind of what your goal is when you're on Twitter and you're doing the Suns Film Room. Like, how do you craft what you say and craft what your take is, your perspective is? Yeah, so I like to have a very analytical take and a very take based on the X's and O's. So, um, like if how DeAndre Ayton would fit in the Igor in Igor's offense versus Luka Doncic or um how would Doncic and Booker play together, stuff like that if you're looking at the draft. Um in free agency I really like to look at what players would fit the sets the Suns run. Um my goal is to actually in the future quantify certain players that would fit better with the Suns. So that's my that's my goal for this year actually is to get more involved with the analytics side of it. Definitely. Um, tell me more about kind of the sets you're talking about, because that's one thing that, like, I've coached a little bit, I, and younger younger people, and I, I have a development business for training players. But the sets are interesting to me, because, like, I always feel like you can, once you get to those higher levels of college or the NBA, you kind of figure it out with your personnel and who you have. But what do you what do you see as in the sets of the Suns that have improved or since you've been covering, I guess it was mostly Earl Watson Triano for you, but um, explain kind of what sets you see and what sets you see maybe other teams that are different. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to compare them to this, like the Suns to other teams, I think, like just talking to one player on the Suns roster, I'm not going to name his name, obviously, but um, he's been he's been around the league, so he told me, you know, our plays are basic very basic compared to other teams. Um, I would say that that was the past with Earl Watson and Triano. I know Earl specifically told me um, before in the offseason that um, in August that um, he makes upsets and timeouts, stuff like that. That's, that's kind of common, I would say, in the NBA. I'm not sure as much as other teams. 
But um, I think the biggest thing with the Suns is that they they need a system to to build around. If you look at all the successful teams in the NBA, they have a clear identity and a clear system that this is what we're gonna run, and that we're gonna have players that fit the system. We're not gonna we're not gonna get players and then create a system that fits those players. I know that's what they said they're gonna try to do with Igor, so it's gonna be very interesting. I wrote about that topic on my last article as well. So yeah, it's definitely there's a tension there between. Do we have young people who will need a simple thing, simple uh, system set to to perform well, or do we need to get them to a different level so we can have more complicated and typically, if they're complicated enough, they're they confuse the defense and therefore they're more effective. Um, so, which one is better for a team that's young? So, the Suns are also in this dichotomy between finding how young their team is and how young needs to be to be successful as the players mature. So it's kind of interesting to see what we got going on there. Um, why don't we talk about Kokoshkov first, and then let's just talk about him a little bit, and then we'll get into some player specifics. Yeah, I think Igor, with him, it's very interesting, because if you hear what Sarver said um, when they hired him, they want a young coach that is going to create a system that fits his players. Igor himself said in, the, in his press conference, he's a young coach. He doesn't, you don't have a philosophy if you're a, when you're a young coach. So, so far, going back, I've studied every game um, at Eurobasket 2017 for Slovenia. They're running a lot of the same action where they just ran a lot of motion sets, um, their chin set, 1-5, a lot of good action. So, so far in Summer League, in Summer League, they struggled executing, which is expected with with that situation, no practices or whatever. But um, I, think, I think it's going to be an exciting time with Igor in there because he really understands how to how to put his players in the best possible position to succeed meaning even if he's going to run that same set that he took from Slovenia within that set where he puts the players in the position is going to be a lot better than what we've seen in the past um for example the Suns Earl used to run a motion week set Spurs motion week set that the Spurs have ran for forever, and then um, you see it a, a lot with some other teams. The Suns were trying to get run a double drag screen to get a switch for Marquise Chris to get a post touch. I think at the time, Keith Chris, he was a rookie, didn't have a lot of experience in that situation. So that's really not on the coaching staff either. For that's their best post for him and Alex Len, right? So. You know, <laughs> Right, are you gonna blame that on the coaching staff for putting Marquise Chris and Alex Len in that situation or on the management for not giving them the right players? So that's why that's why I've also defended the prior coaching staff a lot, because I think they get too much of the blame. Yeah, I can see that sometimes, but I, I do think that the in in trying to experiment they didn't necessarily get the most out of the team. I'm excited to see what Koshkov can do with Bender, with other people. As you had mentioned before we started the podcast, the, the last my last episode with Kevin Pelton was interesting, and um, you're gonna like it. It's the talking a little bit about how Koskov can get out of Bender and how summer league is different from the regular season. Yeah, I don't think I don't think he's gonna get much out of Bender, to be honest with you, because because if he was if he was looking to do that, they would have ran like take take that motion week set for example. I mean, if people don't know exactly what I'm talking about, it was. 
It was my last article for Bright Side of the Sun called Igor's Film Room, Igor Kokoskov's Best Trait. So in that article, I started off talking about the Motion Week set, how Igor run, ran that set for Slovenia, how he ran it in Summer League, and then how Earl used to run the set, how the Spurs and the Warriors run the set. So there's a lot of little differences in the details of the set. So um, if he really wanted Dragon Bender to be like a go-to post scorer, look, Dragon's always going to be able to shoot the three, play defense. You can be a three and D player, but if you're looking for him to sort of take a next step, I don't think it's going to happen with Igor or in the, I mean, you get three years to prove yourself usually in the NBA. I don't think he's ever going to be that guy. He's always going to be a three and D player because Within that article, I also have a 1-5 set Igor ran. He only ran that set for DeAndre Ayton. If you look at the high-low set, he only ran it for Ayton and Cooley, Jack Cooley. So if he was really looking to create chances for Dragon Bender, I don't think they're really looking to do that. Um, so I, 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 I don't, I don't buy the, the Igor is going to fix Dragon Bender magically type of thing. Yeah, it's more about how to optimize Dragon Bender as opposed to maybe making him more of a score. Just really optimizing him and not putting him in positions where he can't necessarily succeed as well. I mean, I never, yeah, I think, on other podcasts, yeah. I know he's, he's not going to be like a star. I never really thought that. I thought he was going to be a low turn, hopefully the best version of him is a low turnover, um, high shooting three percentage and play above passable defense. So that's kind of what I thought about him. What do you th- Is there some set, though, that Igor is, like, known for? Yeah, I would say his chin series. Um, it's a pretty basic um, call. You'll see them just, just like, rub, rub... The point guard just rubs his chin. That's their main set where they'll have... Um, where it's pretty, it'll pretty much always leads to five-out pick-and-roll. So that's their main chin set. They have a... Chin shirt pull set where they'll, well, they'll rub the chin and then they'll pull his shirt. So that, that goes into Spain pick and roll. I don't know how familiar. So that's a newer set. Um, a lot of teams are running where the, where the guard sets a back screen while the pick and roll is occurring. So <clears throat> that leads to more, more options. Um, and then, yeah, that's, that's the main set I would say that you're going to see. Cool. What do you think he, uh, Kukoskov is going to get out of Booker here? Yeah, I think Booker, well, with Booker, I want to see him become more, like he has the ability to post up and score in the post. I think if you're really looking to maximize his potential, I think you, you, you need to have him in the post, in pick and roll, and his ability to shoot threes. So I don't know how often they'll have him in the post. I know they'll, They'll have him as a playmaker, kind of what Djokovic was a lot in the Slovenia offense, where he's going to attack and pick and roll a lot. So, yeah, Booker's pretty good at that. I do think he should post up a little bit, but I don't think that should be the bread and butter. I definitely think you need to get him. Do you think he's more of an? Do you think you need to put Booker as more off ball or on ball? Um, I mean, it depends on the quality point guard. I think right now, if Brandon Knight. You don't know exactly where Brandon Knight is. Um, if Brandon Knight's going to play the quality of play he was before he got injured, I mean, you're going to have to put Booker on ball more. But if Brandon Knight performs better, then like you would rather have Booker off ball, I think. But if the point guard play is very poor, then you have to put him on ball. Yeah, I see that. 
Um, what do you think about Josh Jackson as a secondary playmaker and how what uh, he's going to be able to do now? Yeah, I think with Josh, they, his biggest thing is I want to see them run more sets for him. Um, early on in the season, he was, he struggled in terms of the exact set. He was out of position a lot. Um, I have one clip from the Clippers game. I think it was his third game of the season. They were on the road against the Clippers. Um, a couple of times in that game, he was out of position. One time they, they run a one chest set. Uh, the, the old with Earl, they, they ran a one chest set and, um, you could see Bledsoe was just slapping his chest in frustration with Josh Jackson out of position. So I think he grew a lot towards the second half of the season. I think they need to put him in more plays, like having set rather than him just off ball attacking on the catch, attacking closeouts. I don't think that should be his go to. They need to find a way to put him on ball more put him in sets. They had a good set Triano ran towards the end of the season out of horns where they put him as the four and at the elbow and he was able to attack from there. Um you think he should play the four more or um no I think he should play the three Ariza or hopefully Bridges can play the four. I think that uh like I agree that Jackson is not like Warren or Sean Marion where you don't really run stuff for him and he just gets his own points the other way other ways for offensive rebounding and transition. But I think that, uh, I do think they need to do that, but he needs to work on his shot selection a lot more. Um, and he needs to be more, maybe even more reliable as a three point shooter before it to happen. But I do think his playmaking is above what we thought it would be already. And his defense needs to get better for, I mean, it's, it needs to be locked down to, to make the Suns team get to the next level. Um, do you think Mikhail Bridges, how do you think Mikhail Bridges along with, um, Ariza at the four is going to work out? It seems like there's not very much room for Bender or Chris right now. Yeah, I mean, I think they're going to plan to play Ariza at the four. Um, if you hear what McDonough said after the draft, uh, maybe Bridges at the four as well. They're looking at that. Um, personally, I would play Josh Jackson at the four if you're, if you're looking to go small. Um, especially with a lot of the sets Igor runs, I think you're going to look at either Bender at the four. Or Josh Jackson in the four. I don't like the look with Ariza in the four. If you're going to look specifically like, okay, what is Trevor Ariza going to, like we talked about the chin set. What is Ariza going to do in the chin set at the four, right? So it's that using Trevor Ariza to the best of his ability. I don't think so. But can Josh Jackson look good in the four in the chin set? I think so. So I think... See, I look at it more from that type of perspective, not as a whole, okay, Josh Jackson's a four, Ariza's a four. I think you're trying to fit the right pieces in that set, so. To me, it's, yeah, to me it's more about positionless basketball, like, it doesn't matter who's the three, who's the four, but who's the out there, do we have enough shooting, do we have enough defense? So I think the one I'm, the, the lineup that I'm really looking forward to seeing is the Booker, Jackson, Bridges, Ariza, Eaton lineup. Um, or is there some specific lineup you're looking forward to seeing this year? Um, yeah, I would say Brandon Knight, Booker, Bridges, Jackson, and Aiton. Yeah. I think they're going to need great play at the point guard position. That's the key. They have to find a way to, to get Brandon Knight to play. If he can't, that's, that's the biggest X factor for me this season is Brandon Knight. Yeah, I think that's his. I mean, he's like I've been kind of saying. I was never a Brandon Knight fan back in the day, um, before even when he got traded here. He kept playing, just making so many mistakes that was driving me crazy. But I think with his like 
I don't I said this on the last podcast, like what quote unquote new perspective on life. Um, because of the injuries and how his uh, career has gone so far. Um, and then combined with Akobo, his strengths and Harrison's strengths, I think there's something they can cobble together enough play to be decent. Um, but I'm thinking like what 35 wins is about the, around the, where they'll end up this year. Um, at the most, maybe 30. What do you think? Yeah, I think that's the right range, 30 to 35. It's a tough Western conference, so. Um, playing the Lakers, I mean, you have the Lakers, the Warriors, you have, you have to deal with four times a year, right? So. Yep, so you uh, gotta worry about those people, you gotta worry about the Rockets, the Spurs still, um, and lots of other teams, the Nuggets, the Thunder, tons of people in the Western Conference really making um, improvements there, although I think the Suns are gonna be better than people think they are, just because Booker has shown the ability to lead and the team is getting better around him. They're better, going to be able to be better used and better, um, really cohesively in terms of chemistry. I think it's going to be better for sure. Um, what do you think about Tyson Chandler's usage, Aiton usage, minutes played, etc.? Yeah, I think they're going to probably play Rashawn Holmes backup center. Um, then Tyson Chandler in there. I'm not, I mean, you're obviously going to try to ride Aiton as much as you can. Um, how do you think Aiton looked at Summer League? It was, I didn't get to see too much of it. I was, I think of the channel for some of it, but, uh, um, I thought he was good. I, in one sense, it's like until he has good post, someone giving him good post entry passes, it doesn't really matter. Um, and like it matters him, his strength wise. His, whether he's passive or not when he's on offense and how um, laterally quickly he can move on defense and whether he's going to be really a rim protector or not. I've said, talked about him on a bunch of podcasts here um, in co- college people and non-college people, and I think really his defensive is where what matters, whether he can be a rim protector or not. Yep. So um, I think defensively, He'll, he's not, he's not gonna be great, but I think he'll be, he'll be alright, like, um. Can he be above average defensive center? I mean, probably not. I think you're looking at an average. I think he can switch pick and roll fine, but the weak side shot blocking, that's the main thing with him, is his instincts are not there. But as far as switching a pick and roll, I think you can definitely work on that with him to where he'll be fine. That's kind of the more important part in my view in terms of how the NBA is going in terms of that. Um, let's switch a little bit here to the Doncic. I know I was a Doncic guy. I think you probably were too, right? As far as who they should take? or who they should have taken, yeah. No, I was... Well, I thought Marvin Bagley was the best player in the draft, but um, like that's who I would have gone with. But as far as that debate, I was more leaning towards Aiton. Um that's not to say Luka Doncic is not a great player, but... I just thought it would be really interesting to see him and Booker and Jackson and all the playmaking that that would, that would bring. Um, but the defense probably wouldn't have been good enough unless they could have gone Capella, which for $90 million would have been a lot. Yeah, I mean, Luka Doncic, he's, he's going to be a good player. When I watched him, I think the main thing that concerned me with him was... If you watched him at Real Madrid, he was really good. And then if you watched him at Slovenia when he was playing with Goran Dragic, Anthony Randolph was on the floor, um, Prepelic, another guard they had, um, 
Vidmar, like good other really good players. Well, the main thing was Dragic was on the team, so the ball wasn't in his hands the entire time necessarily. I think that kind of worried me where he didn't look as good when he played for Slovenia. That's just my opinion. I don't know. Yeah, he's definitely a more of a ball-dominant guy, which is why it's interesting to play with exactly. uh, Dallas with um, uh, the point guard there. Yeah, you have to play him on ball like Ben Simmons. Yeah, he's definitely like a Ben Simmons type where you better not put him off ball. And that's why it's good that Brady and I can shoot with Booker and then Aiton get the ball in the post because like, there's enough shooting, especially with Bridges and Ariza. Or, um, so that's there. What do you think about Warren? Like, I think obviously his defense and three point shooting have not come to where they need to be, but do you think he can make an impact as a six man scoring off the bench, or do you think he's just going to be gone? Well, I mean, with the Bridges coming in, they're going to have to figure something out. Um, like McDonough said, Bridges can play the four as well, but with TJ Warren, I think he's a very underrated player in terms of he'll get you 20 a night if you give him the chances, efficient scorer. Can't shoot the three that well, but um, I would definitely try to keep TJ Warren and have him, like you said, in that bench role as the sixth man and score, just score. Yeah, definitely some good stuff there from him. I just, it just you have limitations, and it's as I saw some uh, some article somewhere where it's less about. Um, the, the best player, the good players, maybe that aren't superstars, it's not about, it used to be, have an elite skill, be a shooter, whatever. Now the, the ones that are getting paid that aren't superstars, it's don't have any weaknesses. And so that's going to be really interesting that for Warren to, instead of being a professional, as some people say, quote unquote professional scorer, uh, he needs to be able to be more of a well-rounded player to be able to stay on the court. Yeah, I mean, but I think he's he's going to find a way to stick somehow on the court with his mid-range game. I think he's one of the best in the NBA what he does. So. Oh, absolutely. I'm not necessarily on the Suns, but in the league, he's definitely an NBA player to stay in the ability to score on any team with any anybody, for sure. Just more about he's going to be hard for him, for him to impact the game in a good plus-minus way. Because yeah. the defense and the three-point shooting, just does, the math doesn't really add up there. He's going to have to have a lot of good players and a lot of good shooters with him. And he's not, he's good, but he's not good enough to where you're going to like, oh, he's Russell Westbrook. Put the people around him and make him the focal point. Yeah, it's very true. Uh, any other final things about the Suns or the league that has uh, caught your eye here in the offseason? Um, nothing much. I would say the this draft is pretty loaded, so it should be an exciting time. I mean, we're starting the season off with Aiton versus Doncic, so I think that's exciting for fans and media and everyone involved um, to get a look at that. Um, yeah, I think the most exciting thing for me this this season is just a strong rookie class. I was very high on Kevin Knox um, coming out. I thought he was a top five player in the draft. Um, Marvin Bagley, a kid, local kid I've known since middle school. Um, you know, great, great person on and off the court. I think he's going to have an all-star career. Aiton, Aiton wasn't fully impressive consistently throughout summer league, but he's going to be good. Luka Doncic, Colin Sexton, um, Jaron Jackson, a player I know I'm very publicly, I wasn't super high on as other people. He, he looks good in summer league. So I think 
think that's going to be the most exciting part of this season is just a strong rookie class. And then once you get into the playoffs, I think that's when the older guys like LeBron, James Harden, KD, that's when that's that's the other exciting part of the season. Yeah, it definitely flips the switch there. Um, I'm super excited about the Suns team. I think it's going to be way more fun to watch this year. I uh, can't wait to get in, get started. Um, why don't you plug what you got going on here? And you got some cool things coming coming up, and then we'll get out of here. I'm going to be writing for B-Ball Index now. So um, I don't know if many people know Cranjus McBasketball on Twitter. Um, so he's starting a new website called B-Ball Index. So you can follow us on Twitter, B-Ball, B-Ball underscore index. Um, we're going to be covering all 30 NBA teams. So that's what we're going to initially start with. I know we've talked about other plans. Um, we have analytics. A lot of analytics are involved in terms of we have a team of data support individuals that are going to provide cutting-edge analytics that we can write about in our articles. Um, I'm not going to be writing as much about film, but you know there will be shorter articles, more opinion-based. Uh, maybe once a month have a longer film article. So it's exciting times for sure. What what we're trying to do over there. Very cool. And follow uh, him at uh, on Twitter at Suns Film. Is that right? It's Suns just Suns Film, right? Yep, Suns Film, Suns Film Room. Um, it's at Suns Film. So very cool. Uh, follow me at Eric underscore Sar. Follow the podcast. It's on Spotify, iTunes, etc. Also, see my uh, other business, EliteHoopsDevelopment.com. If you're in the Phoenix area and want to get better at basketball, um, definitely take that out. Thanks so much for your time, and uh, thanks for listening. Have a great day.